This episode of the Mike on Much podcast is in partnership with Jameson. Good things come in threes. Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vierman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, as always, Max Kerman. We're also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Intern Erica is working the dials. And we have a very special guest joining the podcast today, the host of Q, friend of Max, Tom Power. Tom, welcome. Thanks for having me. I got to tell you, it's really nice to be here. Mike, you don't know this, but... um you know, I walk when I go to work in the morning. I walk down John Street, right? Yeah. And I know you from this show, right? But I've never met you before. You okay. Know? And, I'm, and every now and then, I'd see you at like one of the these. Okay, curse on this thing. Yeah. So I'd see you like this. This you know the fucking shows, the Arkell shows, right? <laughs> and, and God love you though. I love going to them. Yeah, I've attended a few. Yeah. And there, you know, I saw you at the one the other day, the one that was upstairs. At the, I don't know if we can talk about it. But there Where was, was the, it? It was the during TIFF. Uh, there was oh, like a, yeah. A, 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 a schmazu kind of thing, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, but I know you from that, but I, I still never said hello, you know, and, and I didn't know you, and I, you know, but I knew you who you were from this thing. And I often walk past you, um, walking up John Street. Because I live by the CBC. Yeah, and you got a cool... You got a, you have a cool like old school Raptors thing. Sometimes. I do, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A bomber, and I'd see yeah. you, and I'd go like... Well, you know, I can't say. I can't say <laughs> I don't know the guy, you know. I thought I'd stress you out. And plus, it's early in the morning. So now I feel, i tell you one thing. I was thinking about this on the way here. I was thinking it'll be so nice from now on when I walk down John Street say, hey. to be able to go, hey, Mike, how's it going, buddy? We get to say hi. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's funny you say that because uh, I know you, of course. I know who you are. Uh, we were at the Junos, I think, Two years ago, last year, because uh, Shane was nominated for directing a video along with Mark Myers for Arkells. Congrats, Shane. Oh, thank you. And you, they didn't win. No. Uh, <laughs> it's nice just to be nominated. So, yeah. to, didn't mean to bring it up. <laughs> My apologies. You were hosting, though. The It was like the dinner. The gala. Oh, yeah. yeah you were great. That. This is what I want to say. You're so good in that setting. Because uh, I, I know you from Q, but I'd never seen you in that way. And, and that I, gig is the tourist, a very tough gig. It seemed like a tough gig, and I was like, he's fucking killing it. He's so good at what he's doing. Glad you were one of the six that were laughing. <laughs> but I did, I did, I did look over at, at your table to, oh, we and I felt like I had so you, much. except when, so I don't know if, if people listening to this know this, but the drummer for Arkells Tim, yeah. was once in the band with... Wasn't he once in Serial Joe? Yeah. What? Yeah, well, I think he played in Serial Joe's like solo project after Serial Joe was done. Mm. And so Tom made every one of his jokes at the gala dinner about Tim and Serial Joe. <laughs> it, was just, it was just like one, but it was really for an audience of one table. And I by the way, it. there's about a hundred tables in this room. And but it was just a kind of at the end of every sentence, uh, you, as you'd close your joke, there'd be a Serial Joe uh, reference in there. I didn't get it. I wasn't laughing because I didn't know that. I was like, "What's he talking about? Yeah. This is crazy." Tim was in Serial Joe. Yeah. That's nuts. I I believe you challenged me to make like three or four Serial Joe jokes <laughs> yeah. this year, and I knocked them all out. It, yeah. So what yeah. were you like? It, it's all a mistake. Uh... I said <laughs> the first Shane remembers the hits. <laughs> I only remember I only remember one of the jokes, which was um, tonight the wine at the Juno dinner is being um, picked out by Sam Roberts. And fun fact: your steaks are being cooked by the members of Serial Joe. <laughs> oh, and and oh my god! Oh, sorry about that. That's, that's it. That's it. I dropped all the fucking period. On the, floor. the water's don't down. Look, don't open that up for a little while. And then there, there were just more jokes about like you know just kind of making fun of Serial Joe the whole time. Anyway, I ended up getting an email from somebody who I'm not going to say who it was, and it was not a member of Serial Joe, but it was someone who was once part of the Serial Joe uh, uh, team. Tim? Uh, uh, it was not. It was not Tim. <laughs> and they sent me a picture of um, like a gold record or like a plaque or something and it said like Serial Joe mm-hmm. you know, Skid Row on it and then it said like you know laugh about this buddy mm. you oh, know what wow. I mean like yeah, 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 yeah. fair enough I got, you know what fair is fair still gonna make fun of him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work still here making fun of him the lead <laughs> singer of that band was in the Superman's Dead video he was oh, yeah. yeah yeah He. I mean I, I think we got some room in our heart for Serial Joe maybe. I do for sure I was yeah. a big fan yeah I mean did you know the I just knew the Skid Row one mm-hmm. and I knew Mistake they pushed, they pushed a car. They pushed a car because they couldn't drive it. Yeah, I feel like your knowledge of like '90s Canadian alternative rock is pretty good. Well, you know, I grew up in Newfoundland, guys. You guys, yeah. you guys grew up with you know Edgefest. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up with Air Supply coming to Newfoundland once in a goddamn you know it was a big deal. Big deal once yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, of course we had nothing to do but watch much music for mm-hmm. Christ's sake. Well, actually, so and the last time I ran at Tom was in the. Starbucks at the basement of your building, and really? then, and then and we had a great little chat. And Tom said, "When the fuck are you gonna have me on the podcast?" I was like, yeah, "Of course, we, we were gonna do, do it at the Junos." That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then you you had a really nice tweet. You said like, ah, oh, it's such a beautiful thing in living in Toronto. I ran into Bruce Arthur. Yeah. Then I ran into Max from the Arkells. And then uh, some someone uh, tweeted back saying, I thought the Arkells uh, lived in Hamilton. Fuck those guys. <laughs> People get very. And then there's some other stuff going on. Uh, you know, Twitter, crazy place. Twitter. But, uh, Mikey, I want to know about your uh, Philadelphia weekend. We're going to oh, get to you in a second. but uh, City but, of Brotherly Love. Yeah, I was there in a city of brotherly love. Tom, if you don't know, I was down in Philadelphia with my uh, my family. Uh, I have a wife and a daughter. Maybe you've seen me bringing her to daycare. In no, no, no I haven't. That's nice to hear. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I went down there with uh, our good friend, Sean Dawson, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Champagne Boys, uh, and his wife and, and, and their, their son, uh, Sebastian. I've never been to Philly, and we went down. Okay, so here's full disclosure. Like, the Raptors were playing Philly on the Sunday. It was a main well, what you do is when you're building a trip as a guy with the wife and a kid is you go, what can be like sort of the, the, the impetus for going down? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the reason. Yeah. And then you go, how can we make this sort of like a thing that everybody enjoys? Sure. So what we did was we went the Friday and then you get the full Friday and the Saturday and most of the Sunday with the family. And then Sunday night is like, let's have it. Let's go to a game. The families are staying back at the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And. I was so impressed with Philly as a city. Honestly, like New York City is probably my favorite city in the world. But I thought Philly was this awesome sort of like um, combination. It had like the sort of grit and edge. And it's a historical city, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we loved everything about it. It was perfect for sort of all the reasons that you think it would be. And at the game that night, you messaged us because mm-hmm. the Dirty Nil were in town on the Saturday night. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize that. So we didn't go to their show. They were like three blocks away from our Airbnb. But they were at the Philly game. I guess sitting uh, like in the 200 section, mm-hmm. we had Sean and I got like awesome seats because we we're like we're in Philly, fuck it, let's just spend the money. And, but we had a full empty row, so we snuck the nil down <laughs> into our seats. So we got. I was going to say, and full disclosure, uh, Erica's dating Kyle, the drummer of the nil, and the nil have played on cue. So this is a nice little thing. And we've hung out in Philadelphia. The only time I've ever been to Philadelphia was at an Arkell show. Yeah, there you go. And the light show, which is, anyway, everything's happening. It's all the, connected. Uh, but and, but all I know is that you guys linked up because I put you guys in a group text message. And then the next thing I knew, I saw Kyle riding a bull at a cowboy bar. Basically. Yeah, that happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you there? Oh, I was there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> $3 a beer. Why wouldn't I Why wouldn't I be there? That's good. I've done that before. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's I've done good. that. Yeah, ridden the bull before. It's all right. <laughs> it's not bad at yeah. all. But yeah, like uh, everybody. It, it was a really good hang. What did Kyle say about that night? Well, because we ended up their tour manager, the Nil, who are on tour right now. Uh, they were like, "Well, what are we doing after?" So we go to this bar afterward, which is part of like the Philadelphia sports after complex. the basketball game. After the ball game, yep. we go. Kyle rides the bull, gets thrown off violently. Didn't last very long. Uh, we're drinking these three dollar beers, and then me and Sean were like, "We kind of want to go to the casino." So all the Nil guys are like, "We want to go to the Philly casino." So then they're they're. <laughs> Their tour manager's like, well, I got the van. Let's all get in the van. So now we're in the nil van going to the Philadelphia <laughs> casino. Uh, what did Kyle say about that evening, Erica? He didn't. Uh, I'll be honest with you. He didn't tell me much. But, um, yeah, he just – I got, like, one message from him that night, and it just said, uh, we went to the casino. I lost it all. <laughs> <laughs> said, oh, no. That's a yeah. lot. That seems a bit – Do you share yeah. a bank account with him? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> Dating for like nine months. Did you lose your tuition? Is that why you're here? <laughs> is that uh, why? Is that how you ended up doing this? Just trying to pay back the gambling debts for yeah. your, your, your poor old. Uh, way, yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> did it, well, you guys were in Philadelphia, uh, Max Tom. Did you guys go to the casino? We definitely did not. We because we, we were opening for lights. Was that? Yeah. What were you doing down there? A radio professional, by the way, nodding at your questions. By the way, <laughs> real great, real great. <laughs> Yeah, real Greg broadcaster here going. <laughs> Good one. Um, I was there with, with the missus, and we were there in. Uh, we went to New York, and then we were there for like a couple of days, and we saw that you guys were playing. I think you invited us out. Oh, that's so why. So we nice. we took the train out, and we saw you guys, and we saw uh, you guys saw you guys open for lights. I remember it being a very good show. I remember it was like one of the times where I went not to butter your bread here, but mm. I remember going. Uh, oh, geez, you know, I didn't know that's sort of what an opening band is supposed to do. Mm. I thought like an opening band is supposed to challenge in some ways the band yeah. to step it up a little bit. You know, uh, I have my friends of mine in, in Great Big Seas to say that to me. You know, to try to get we would open for shows. My band would open for bands, and we could you know, just try to try to challenge them a little bit. You know, make them work a little harder. Right. By the way, speaking of Great Big C, not to digress here, um, there was an opening of a new theater in Toronto, the Paradise, which is at Bloor and Ossington. Yeah. And I went to the this like kind of pre-gala opening. Yeah, I was and, supposed to. I didn't make it. Yeah, it ended up being a great time, mm-hmm. and basically a bunch of great kind of singer-songwriters from the GTA were performing. So like Justin Rutledge, who's a great folk singer, great like swimmers performed. The Sky Diggers played, and they're all you know top-tier talent. 
And then Alan Doyle, great big singer, great big C singer, walks through the lobby. He had just come from the studio. He's like, oh, I just came from the studio. Where's the stage? I got to go play right now. I was like, I think you got like 10 minutes, Alan. It's fine. So he's walking through the lobby. He's like, okay. So then like 10 minutes later, he like wanders onto the stage, doesn't have a guitar. He just has a glass of wine. And he starts, he's like, you know, these kind of places, uh, my mother says uh, we need to respect what these. What is this? Tom, I was going to say, what is going on here? Is Alan Doyle... Polish in the 30s? <laughs> like, what is this fucking this accent? Is, this is my uh, Newfoundland accent. Oh, no. well, you know, there I must yeah. get up on the stage there. Oh, have and he, anyway, he gives his... Uh, you have a lot of friends from Newfoundland. Well, this you spent a lot of time You should here. hear my other accents. Max has been doing voice work lately on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should hear two episodes ago. I, wa- I want to continue on with the accent. Please continue. What did Alan uh, say? So, you know... From <laughs> wow. From from where we're from, uh, uh, these are great hauled halls, and when these kind of places <laughs> really committing. Uh, anyway, he this is actually Max speaking, not me. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he has this. Um, uh, so he gives a speech about like how sort of the, uh, music halls are an important place, and we need to respect them. And back where we're from, it's like we really celebrate them. And I like to sing a traditional song. And so keep in mind, everybody else in the night has been playing guitar and singing songs. But Alan just comes out with a glass of wine. And then he sings this traditional Newfoundland kind of song that sounds familiar. But, of course, I've never heard of it. But it just has that kind of Celtic. What did you say? Celtic, Newfoundland? I would say sort of, yeah, sort of that feel. Yeah, that sure, feel. Yeah. And, and literally, you know, it, people were a little chatty for the first three acts. Nobody says a word. I'm like... And and I went with your brother Greg. Yeah, he said and, that Alan Doyle was amazing. Yeah, and and I don't know if Greg is a great big C fan necessarily. You've or never Alan seen Doyle. his tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, of course. Uh, and he was just and he basically blew the whole room away. And he kind of just proved like, oh, that's why Alan Doyle's Alan Doyle. Like if you everyone knows Great Big C, everyone can recognize his face. And if you don't see him, you just kind of think, oh, there's the guy. You know, I know a couple of his yeah, songs. He's right there. Right. He's right there. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at Amy Adams uh, in the post in the room like in a room full of immense talent he just comes in and he blows the room and he away. steals the show yeah. just like that because he does something that's totally unexpected and then he plays he picks up his guitar he plays his hit he plays a cover and then he plays his hit to finish the thing I was like man that's how you fucking do it did he do Ordinary Day he did Ordinary oh Day oh my god imagine just being able to do that yeah man. imagine just being able to at any moment haul out Ordinary Day and yeah. make everyone's night immediately yeah then that's know? exactly what happened yeah. and then it was awesome because then Cuddy, it was going to be closing that, Jim Cuddy of Blue Rodeo, and like kind of as Alan's on stage, and they know each other, they know each other probably for three decades at this point, Al, Jim's like kind of heckling him because Jim heckles everybody basically, and then Jim comes up and he opens with uh, Till I'm Myself Again, oh my and it's just like, it was just so awesome to see like the two alpha dogs in the room just fucking slay, and uh, you know, and I don't think Greg has necessarily seen Blue Rodeo either, and Greg was like, this is the fucking best, like, you just to see that top tier talent in a beautiful theater and it wasn't even particularly busy but it was just like a really cool kind of get together and to see it up close with your own eyes is awesome what did Serial Joe do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway let, let's let's talk about Tom a little bit well I was going to say I mean we're talking about the East Coast mm-hmm. right, but Alan Doyle going back uh, to your beginnings Tom you know you're obviously a musician you're in a band um how do you get into doing what you're doing? Are you sort of growing up? Are you more like I'm obsessed with music and writing songs? Or are you more like I'm obsessed with entertainment and sort of like uh, being a personality, you know, radio, being on TV? Like what, where did your sort of like uh, 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 interests lie? Um, I was into music. I, I mean, I, I, I played music since I was a kid when I was around, um, I, you know, I took piano lessons when I was about seven or, or eight years old and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, and then when I was about 13, my dad, you know, asked me if I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. I think it's a familiar story, you know, but at a certain point, do you want to learn guitar? And essentially there's that kind of moment whether you either stick with it or you don't, right? And, and I was kind of playing piano. It didn't really mean anything to me, but the piano, the guitar I really hung on to. And then I went, so I practiced a lot, but then, you know, and I, was, I wasn't really writing songs. I was playing, like, you know, I, you know, Newfoundland has a long tradition of kind of big sing-alongs, you know, big sing-along culture. And my, my, my family, while not being professional musicians, are big proponents of the sing-along. In fact, I know, I, I know you love that as well, Max. And, and I get, uh, you know, a boxing day, essentially. My whole family would show up, all my aunts and uncles and all that stuff would get together. And we'd all sit around and we'd sing songs for, like, six hours. That's right? so cool. And it was, it was what we did every single... And there's a tradition known as a kitchen party. Yeah, the kitchen party. Well, this would be in our living room. This would be in the living room. Is the kitchen party kind of more of an after-hours affair necessarily? Because I just love that expression where everybody gets together in the little kitchens the and sing ki- songs. The kitchen party is a, is a function of pre-electricity Newfoundland mm. where there was no uh, uh, electric heat. So the only heat would come from the stove or from mm. the oven. Or I from love the, that. So you would, you would kind of put coals down. 
um, or you would, you, you know, you would light the fire, and therefore the party would have to be in the kitchen. Right, so we'd be in what they call the parlor, like sure. the living room or something like that, mm-hmm. and we'd all sing. We'd all sing songs together, right? And uh, uh, that became a big part of my learning how to play the guitar so that other people could sing. When I was about fifteen, I heard the "Oh Brother Where Art Thou" soundtrack. Sure, it changed my Coen life Brothers for, for, the, for the rest of my yeah. life. I'll, I'll, my it was entirely, completely, completely changed. A lot of people's lives were. And then I kind of discovered folk music, and then that became my life, like traditional music and folk music, bluegrass music and country music. I'm still kind of in that world. And then um, I went to Ireland with a, with a group I was playing with, kind of a, not a great kind of, oh, God, I can't, can't say that, a very good uh, <laughs> uh, fiddle, fiddly group I was playing bass for because, you know, wanted to meet the gals. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, uh, and I was playing banjo around the same time. I started taking banjo lessons in, in, in St. John's, so I became pretty serious about the banjo. And then I, uh, I came back home and I really liked Irish music. I really liked the Pogues. I really liked Andy Irvine and Paul Brady. I really liked, you know, traditional music of Ireland. And my brother-in-law, Dwayne Andrews, who's one of the, probably the best guitarist on the East Coast right now, um, great, uh, like, uh, Django Reinhardt style guitar player, he said to me, you know, you know, this Irish music that you really like, it's, it's actually um, here. There's some of that here. And mm. I went, oh yeah, there's like Newfoundland music, I think. I mean, I, and frankly, Great Big Sea Wall and being amazing were not cool to me at the time. Mm. You know what I mean? They weren't cool. They were. Yeah. I was into weird, like super weird, authentic music, or I was into like punk, or I was into like not that. As and young people tend to sort of exactly go right? opposite of what's popular. Yeah, exactly. So then I started to realize that the music that I was coming up with was cool. But then there was this great untapped resource of, tr- of traditional music. So. I started, I did a degree in folklore at Memorial University. I uh, uh, What kind of degree is that? F- folklore, a BA in folklore. Is, is you didn't know that about me? No. I did a BA in folklore, yeah. Is that like me- folklore music? So it's, what is it's, that? it's the study of the things that we do and that we don't teach one another formally. It's like this, the study of the things that we make. Um, and the study of the things that we cook and the things that we sing and the things that we That's create. That's the most Newfoundland degree I've ever <laughs> fucking heard. <laughs> yeah, Folklore. It's, it's a legit credit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, an it, undergrad in uh, kitchen party. Yeah, it's an yeah. undergrad in kitchen party. But, you know, it was the study of, like, narrative, like, you know, uh, Korean Korean immigrants to Canada who, while going across on the on the water, would quilt their experience, you know? And, like, well, why, why does that mean that they would do that? Or, sure, sure. you know, like, what does it mean that you would cook a certain thing on a certain day? But really, I was just really obsessed with music and traditional music. So I would go around and I would interview people. That was part of my degree. I would have to interview people like they, you know, that old thing where you'd go like, so, you know, sing me this old song, you know, and I'd walk into their house and I'd go, you know, sing me, sing me that old, you know, ballad you sang from, you know, the start in the 1700s. And they'd go like, who the fuck are you, man? Get the fuck out of here. Like, no, no. So I learned that you had to warm up and you had to like get to know people and getting to know the person behind it was really important. So I was deep in folklore. I was deep. I was in the middle of my degree. I was working, I loved radio because I just kind of liked it. My brother had a college sh- sh- show that I thought was kind of cool and I just liked playing music. So I came on, I started playing music. So I, I got a gig at the college station. I worked at VOCM, which is kind of like the news talk 1010, like the mm. news on the fives, news on the tens thing, reading the, reading the news. And then I did a gig for a choir, Tim Baker from Hey Rosetta and I did this gig for a choir. We, uh, we emceed a thing and then there happened to be a CBC producer there who came up to me and asked if I'd like to pitch a show. Um, for like a special on folk music because I was this young guy, I was 21 and I was really, really into folk music and just not, well, there weren't a whole lot of people like that. And they asked if I'd pitch a show and I had no way of knowing that Radio, CBC Radio 2 at the time was changing formats from an old classical format to a more varied format. And then next thing you know, um, I think they called me and asked if I wanted to do the show. You end up being the youngest uh, host since Peter Jennings. Yeah, and he was like seven fucking years old. So you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to beat that record anytime soon. But yeah, it ended up, it ended up really working out. So that's kind of how qu- quickly that's kind of how I got into it. it was through folk music and like folklore. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of how it. But, but you're a funny guy. Wh- who are your like comedic heroes? Like, uh, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Really? Because I'm Jay Onright. He was like Letterman's my guy. Uh, like, Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Conan O'Brien is my. Um, I think you too, right? Yeah. I was doing some reading up. Shane, you I was were reading researching up. for this. Derek, you can yeah. I listen. Oh, on Mike uh, on the Much Music website, yeah. there's like a terribly outdated write up on yeah. us. Yeah. There you go. I read that. Yeah. I was Conan, doing my. <laughs> the best. I was doing. Well, you know, I do my research. Conan. Uh, Have you listened to his pod, by the way? Uh, who's Conan's? Conan's I listen podcast. to it every single week. It's Don't the you like best. It? Yeah. I just listened to the one uh, this week with uh, Jack Black. Yes. I like I like just about all of them. Yeah. yeah so I, I but I but being funny wise, uh, I've never really been professionally funny. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's all been just done of stuff that comes out. So yeah, Conan is my number one. He's also my dream guest and mm. all that other stuff. You know. 
What's fascinating though is it's like uh, so, so being a music guy and then you know taking the gig as like sort of like a, a radio host. Was there ever sort of a trepidation when a trepidation when it comes to uh, oh if I do this it might be at the expense of my music or were you like all entertainment's entertainment and I just want to be in the biz? Yeah, I mean, um, I I feel that way a lot. You know, there are there are times where. It was never about being in, in the biz necessarily, you know, in some ways it was about trying to avoid that. But I, I found myself, you know, really being sort of committed to the work I got to do at the Corp, you know, like I got, I'm, I'm a socialist and I got really obsessed with the idea of public broadcasting mm. and, and all that stuff too, right? So, you know, and what it means that you can like flick on a, you can buy a $2 radio in, in, in Iqaluit and, and hear the CBC, that meant a lot to me, right? But it's always, a, I'm always trying to balance it, you know? And when I first started doing Q, I had like three years where I wasn't really playing a whole lot. I still do a gig every single week in Toronto, but outside of that, I was doing like the odd tour. I was like doing weekends. I was doing, I was, you know, I was Burton Cummingsing it, you know, like <laughs> showing up at rural festivals and, you know, and, and playing a couple of tunes. Or I was getting gigs. I'm a, I have this gig I can do where I play rhythm guitar for fiddle players. It's this thing that I'm able to do. So I was getting hired to do those kind of things. But, you know, in the past year, I've kind of got a little bit more, that other side of me crept up a little bit more. So I went home, we made a record and, and, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a constantly a battle. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't because you don't want to, the last thing I want to be is is um, is not you know both those things at the same time you know yeah yeah when you get something like Q you transition to that you uh, you uh, succeeded Chad but the show has like sort of this history right no. like. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No, no, no! I wasn't even. Go I wasn't even going to go there. I was just going to say that it is. It is this. Uh, it's an institution in some ways for for modern sort of radio listeners. Uh, we can though, if you want. Uh, so you, you know, the, the original host Jean sort of made it into this sort of uh, juggernaut, and obviously there's this whole other thing. Well, he got fired. He, he, he lost his job. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and then obviously Shad comes along, and then you come along. But again, this is this sort of institution uh, in some sorts uh, that has sort of an existing format and a tone. Do you, going into a job like that, are you like, fuck, how am I going to sort of shape my sort of like, how am I going to put my personality on this? Or are you like, no, I just want to make it work for what this thing is? How do you approach it? Because you are one of the most vicious textures I know. You're so wickedly <laughs> funny. And then I see you talking in hushed tones on CBC Radio Q. And I just want to start a hashtag free Tom Power. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, what would you really say to Margaret Atwood uh, in this situation? No, you got to be able to get that out, yeah. don't you, bud? Oh, yeah. You got to be able to do the, you got to be able to do the, you know, the green room chat, you know? You got to be able to say, uh, uh, I it took me a year to figure out if I could do it or not. Um, I had it took me a year to figure out whether I could even make this thing happen. I mean, there was the odds were kind of stacked against us. There wasn't a lot a lot of a history. Uh, we didn't. There, there was a lot of like conjecture and a lot of talk online that it wasn't going to work out. Um, and uh, there, you know, it, it, we had a hard time. I think it was challenging to get guests, and it was you know, and it was it was it was weird. So it took me a year to figure out if we could if we could do it, and if I could do it. It took me the second year to figure out like kind of how I want to do it. And then since then, it's been just like so now this is my fourth year, my fourth uh, season. Um, it's been like uh, trying to execute that, you know, just trying to figure out what I want the show to sound like, trying to bring more of me into it, you know, trying not to find situations where I do. I get up and do shows and I, I get to joke around and make laugh and I mean, laugh and people come up to me afterwards and go, I didn't know you were funny. What? I didn't know that, you know, and that really gets that drives me crazy, you know. But so, yeah, it's it's, it's the answer is it's a battle, you know, but, you know, slowly by surely we've been trying to change it. But. Um, no, I never really wanted to. Obviously, you know, like I want to understand there's a lot of people listening to it, you know, and that it's, it's, a, it's a different service. It's not something you, you choose, you know. It's not something that like, you know, I, I press play on it for the most part, like a podcast. It's a thing that's on. It's a public service, and I want to I treat it as such, you know, and I want to be, be respectful of the people that are listening to it. But that, that being said, yeah, I want to try to figure out a way of my own, and things have been going well. It's been a nice year. We've had a, we've had a good one. When a gig like that comes along, though, you say yes immediately, right? Like, like how do you frame in your mind? Are you like, this is a major opportunity? or was there any like eh, maybe I pass like like are you like this is huge like I gotta yeah. do this I, I said no like uh, I, I, I didn't want to do it um, they came out I didn't really want to do it and then I didn't so want to you, you said no at first well yeah they came out and said do you want to host Q I said I don't really I don't know I don't know because there was already a host of Q at the time um, it was that it was that weekend and they said no Chad's, Chad's gonna leave and I said well 
let me talk to him first. So it was. Con- Had you guys been friends before that? Yeah, you yes. had a relationship. Yeah. So was it, it was, a difficult conversation? No, it was great. He, he's he's amazing. Yeah, it's the best. We saw Chad the other. Week yeah, he's former yeah. podcast. Let me, yeah. let me turn my uh, let me turn my phone off. Uh, again, just breaking all the professional yeah, broadcaster yeah. rules. Yeah. By the way, I'm nodding. I'm doing. I know. It was a hard. It was a hard. Well, no, I mean, like, I just kind of wanted to make sure that he didn't feel like he was getting fucked over, mm-hmm. and uh, and I said I'm not going to take the job until I talk to him and, and make sure he's not going to get. He's not feeling like he's getting fucked over because I'm not fucking over my buddy. Mm-hmm. And he sat me down. I, I, I'll never disclose what we talked about except to say that he was encouraging. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 he said I should do it and, and some nice stuff there. And we talked for about an hour. And, uh, and then I came out of it and I said, fine, fuck, fucking let's do it. You know? yeah. So that was kind of, it was kind of contingent on that. You know, it was also a conversation about my life. It was a conversation about what, you know, what my life has completely changed now. Like my, my life is very much the cue. You know, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of it's a lot of different kinds of things that you know um, I had to figure out. So yeah, I mean it was it, w- it was a change, but it's been great. It's been fucking good. You mentioned uh, green room conversations. You know, your personality comes out as an interviewer. How do you get guests to sort of open up in in the a lot of time you have? Do you have tricks? Do you think that it's inherent to your personality that you can make people feel comfortable, or have you sort of like learned ways to loosen people up on air in a, in a situation where otherwise they might not want to sort of be open? I think if any if there's any any things that have gone well for me on cue, uh, they have been a result of the stuff I was talking about before, which is the training I have in folklore, which is that I learned I learned that when I wanted to I'm not a journalist I don't have I didn't go to jur- journalism school I don't have a background in journalism I don't I, if if I left cue I don't think I'd continue on in journalism you know, but I I uh, I know that I did a degree in being able to sit down across from people who were fishermen you know and people who had not lived lives where they were in schools or, you know, in, 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 and they were not in, you know, archives like I was. And I had to let them know that I had good intentions and that I wanted to, I wanted to help them tell their story, you know, and that I want, I needed them to trust me. And I had to actually mentally also get to the, like I had to do a lot of self work to go like, Hey, I'm not here to, I'm not actually here to get the result. I can't be about getting the result. Cause if I do that, then it's Machiavellian. If I come in here and I go, I need you to sing the song. And so I can put it in a fucking archive, and I so I find out a bunch of ways to like warm you up so I can mm. get that thing that'll make me feel kind of shitty, you know? I'll feel shitty, I'll feel manipulative. So the the training I ended up doing and the work I ended up doing was just how to just trust people and let them trust me and, and work with them on what we wanted to get from one another and, and be open and honest about what we want to get from one another. And I think that's led me to the kind of style I have, which is when people come in, I just try to fucking talk to them, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't treat them like anything that they're not. I don't, you know, I just say, how you doing by, you know, when'd you get in? I feel them out. If you start feeling a bit, if they're a, a bit, you know, they had a hard flight, we talk about that for a little while, you know? And I'll say to them, I'll say, listen, I got, I learned this from Terry Gross. I got this, I, I said, um, I don't know why I'm talking like Foghorn Leghorn right now, but I'll say, um, I great reference, Tom, so good for the podcast. Um, so hip, buddy, so fucking hip. We brought the guy from the CBC in, and he brought up a cartoon from the 30s. And Serial Joe. It was really, really good, and Serial Joe, yeah. I mean, I guess he's just focused on when they were relevant. The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the way I, I say, listen, I'm, we're not, you know, say we're pre-taping this, we're not live. Um, uh, I've heard her say this. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can edit this. Um, I'm gonna ask you some stuff. If it's anything too personal, just let me know. Mm. We can we can cut that shit out. Um, I'm really happy you're here. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna say some stuff about you first, and then we're gonna talk. And I try and curse a little bit because mm. cursing puts me at ease. I feel like it puts them at ease. Um, and that's if there's one thing I try to do is I try to actually curse a little bit. <laughs> that's I'll try a great to say tip. Like, I'll try to say like. Because even today, I was talking to Leah Michelle today from Glee. Mm, and yes. It, and uh, uh, I said, she was like, I said, hi, Leah. She said, oh, nice to meet you. And I said, okay, good. And <laughs> she's like, hi, Tom. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I went too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, said, yeah, I said, Leah, why don't you get the fuck out of that fucking studio? <laughs> How do you, don't He's you so look, at ease. <laughs> don't look in the fucking eye. And she was like, I feel so comfortable now. <laughs> um, don't sing your fucking song. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I saw that documentary. She was like, it's not a documentary, Tom. It was a tightly produced show. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> it was really it was really scripted. There was a band. There was not a documentary. I don't want to fucking hear any of that fucking fastball songs. So <laughs> I I <laughs> did they do fastball songs in Glee? I don't know. Like what's what's a big fastball song? Was I out of my head? Was I out of my mind? Know that one? 
How could I have ever been so blind? Are you just guessing? Or the way? Oh, I, I imagine they did the way on Glee. So, Producer Erica, look it up. She said, uh, <laughs> Producer Erica has not, she did not flinch. That is the power that Max <laughs> she, has over she Producer Erica. She's a computer. She's yeah. just sitting there yeah. with yeah. headphones on. Look it up. Look it up. She, just went, she, just, she didn't even look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he just moved on. That was that was really good. That's, that's good. It's kind of like, you know, anyway. Um, the, 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 I'll, I'll just, I said, uh, how's, how's it going to New York? And she said, good. And I said, uh, fucking cold though, eh? And she said, yeah, fucking cold. And I feel like that maybe that's a little thing. I mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any interviews uh, or any behind the scene things that like sort of stand out? Like, a, you know, sort of like, oh, this is like the story I tell over dinner where I'm like, oh, I sat down with so-and-so and that was a real sort of candid moment. You got some big dogs. Yeah, there. man. That, like, I, that I tell here is the question. I guess that yeah. is yeah. a good that point. I tell here. I go, but I think... I okay, you can exclude a name if, if the story is really good. No, I, the, one, the one I do tell is very name specific. Give mm. us the shareable one. Uh, yeah, I got to figure out the shareable one. I got two that aren't that aren't shareable. Can we do that off mic? Yeah, we can definitely do that off mic. Or you can just, you know, turn on a, a secret mic that I don't know. Nah, we wouldn't do that to you, man. You can Trudeau and Macron me. <laughs> <laughs> Still got it with the topical humor. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, let's see, man. What was Ringo like? Robert Plant walked up to our studio Oh, Shane hates Robert Plant. <laughs> Shane is exiting on the Robert Plant Shane, story. Shane uh, took a sperm uh, count test today. That's the ne next segment. We have segment. a whole other segment after That might you. not be in this episode, but uh, anyway, he's, he he's, right? he's beating the doctor. Oh, the, no, no. The doctors are coming to talk He thinks he has count. super sperm. That's yeah. Why. Oh, go he, away. Yeah. He's trying to prove that he has you the You know best what? Sperm. When I looked at him, I said, looks like it to me. Looks like, <laughs> looks like it to me. I said, that guy looks like he's a virile man. <laughs> you know? And I said, I wanted to keep it to myself, you know? But uh, now that you brought it up, I'm glad I can finally talk about it. <laughs> I uh, uh, hold on, what were we talking? Uh, about? Robert Plant, Plant walks in to a bar. I think I can tell the story. Whatever. Good. I think I can tell. We'll, 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 we'll cut it. It's not, it's not, it's not that great. Yeah. It's not that great, but yeah. it's okay. So our producer went out to pick him up. It was on a Saturday, and uh, you know we don't typically work in the studio on Saturdays, so it was exciting. He was coming in. Obviously, even if you're not a big fan, you're pretty excited that it's mm -hmm. Robert Plant. And what I love, what I love is when. Folks who are famous come onto the show and they're not, they don't make any bones about being really, really famous, you know? <laughs> and he opened the limo, pulls up, my buddy's waiting out for him to come, and the limo door opens up, and Robert Plant gets out, and he looks at him and he says, Bet you never fucking thought this would happen, did you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Robert Plant said. <laughs> And I just like I want to go through life with that kind of confidence. Oh, I want to go through wow. life where I walk in and go, I bet you never thought this would happen, did you? And they're like, this is Harvey's, Tom. And no one knows who you are, buddy. And you can build your own burger. I never had Harvey. Uh, I think burger. when Marin had Obama on the pod mm -hmm. and, and, and Obama had to like helicopter into mm -hmm. Pasadena and then drive to Mark Marin's place, Marin asked the question like, so Ryan the Chopper, like, is this kind of scary? Like, what's it? Or something like that. And Obama's like, if I were like afraid of being on a helicopter, I don't think I'd be the president of the United States. <laughs> like, really? I do. I do like a. Uh, notice you didn't do the voice there, Max. Uh, I, I, I want to say that. <laughs> notice that. Notice that mine was okay. Yeah. But uh, I well, we see Mark. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Notice that. Uh, old Tom and Allen got lampooned pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. But the former president of the United States backed left off of Obama. Out. Yeah. No, I would never besmirch that guy. Left out. Um. Yeah. Anyway. So it's. It's uh, yeah we, we typically people are good. I like people when they're super super duper famous because they got n no fucks to give and they'll mm -hmm. say anything and they're great and they'll open up and be nice. I like people when they're starting out because they got very few fucks to give and they're and they're going to be fine. Uh, sometimes when they're in the sort of middle of the of the of the run of their careers, they can be a little testy. Mm. Uh, but um, generally, everyone's pretty good. And even the testy people, you can you can have fun with that. You know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, we get asked this a lot, but like, did you? I don't want to say like what was your favorite interview but did you interview anyone that you were like wow this is like uh, this is my definitive sort of pedestal person like I didn't think I'd sit down with this person uh, or like Robert Plant would say I never thought this would happen to me mm -hmm. but like is there anyone in particular that you went that's the one that's the go to that you know when I'm 80 years old I'm going to say ah, I sat down with that person and it meant some shit to me yeah but my answer is not going to be incredibly satisfying because 
I mean, there's a couple of people that I there's a couple of people I still want to talk to, and like Conan is still kind of the number one on, on my list. Shane, all right, where'd he go? Is he good? Oh, he's they're checking the sperm again. Oh no! No, I'm kidding. Twice the test is not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just waiting for the doctors. Probably I think. just busting out of the glass in the petri dish, <laughs> just swimming all over the floor. <laughs> has a cape on. It's growing a beard. <laughs> the man's sperm is virile. Already learning to talk. Yeah. hitting on people. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, <laughs> come on, well, come on, <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. Good, uh, yeah. We're having you a meeting about Hudson too. and Rex. Get out of here. <laughs> is this a Hudson and Rex place? I don't know. Is that a E1 kid show or something? Hudson and Rex is a is a show. I think it's from E1. Okay, where it's 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 shot in Newfoundland where it's a dog. Oh, I've heard about it's the a show. dog and a detective. I heard it's good. Yeah, I hear it's good too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, I, I I got to play I so I played banjo I played banjo my my goal before I I uh, started in radio was to play I was going to play banjo professionally I was going to try and play the instrument and I became pretty good at it uh, and I was pretty obsessive about it and I was practicing a, a lot a lot a lot a lot and my hero was a guy named Bela Fleck very famous banjo mm. player and I got to play banjo with him mm. he came on the show and we asked if he would play with us and you jammed yeah like, we jammed together we played a, a couple of tunes together very cool and that was. That's so, your moment. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, was so disappointing. It, for was, sure. a, yeah. it was, you know, and I played horribly. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a disappointment for him. No, 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 disappointing for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two of them went, ah, Fleck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody really else like, went, uh, <laughs> they just oh. gave ahead 15 seconds. <laughs> uh, when are we going to get to the part about backstage of Mark Messier? Yeah. When are those yeah. parts coming up? <laughs> When can we get to the Mark Messier stories? <laughs> What's with you and Mark Messier? I don't know. That's my go-to there. hockey player reference for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I was eating Fritos with Mark Messier. <laughs> we were in Aurelia. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Martin plays some banjo. Steve Martin plays the banjo. In the middle of my interview with Steve Martin, I started nerding out with him about the banjo. And it was also interviewing Martin Short. And he said exactly what you just said. Well, we've lost half the audience. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've lost half the audience. That's a funny thing. And I kind of had to move on. Do you like Martin Short? Do you think he's funny? I do. I do. I thought their special together actually had a lot of really good moments. You? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's an icon. He's from Hamilton. We're all from Hamilton. You guys are all from Hamilton? Yeah. Well, most of you guys are from Hamilton? Well, Shane and I are from Hamilton originally. Max lives in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. You moved back? I moved back, yeah. How do you find it? Good, actually. Um, I went to your bar. Thank you. You were at Ots? Yeah, I went to your bar. Jesus Christ! Uh, last year, what, what, what were you doing in Hamilton? Uh, Meg and I were going out to. I went to get Nexus. <laughs> That's why in Niagara. Oh, in the Ham- okay. And I was on the way back, and I stopped in because I never. Oh, I don't you. get to spend. Any, I'm not from Ontario. Yeah, I have. I've only been to Peterborough once in my life, mm. and I said I should probably see what this whole thing is about. I've only ever been to Hamilton for gigs. Mm. I mean, stay tuned, folks. This story's only going to get better. <laughs> it started with me going to Nexus, so I mean, it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, I was on my, you know, I was on my way back. And I've, I've never really been there. I only go to see shows every now and then. I went to your your show at the football. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, state. Yes, yeah, outdoor. Yeah, yeah. yeah the stadium. Tim Stadium, Stadium, yeah. Bigger yeah. than an arena. Yep. Oh, it was a great show. I enjoyed that. And I went to see Jeff Tweedy out there in a couple of times, but I never oh, really been, right. I never really been out there and I went to your bar. Oh, thank you. You know what? Actually, uh, daytime though. Yeah. Oh, daytime. Yeah, I probably wasn't too bustling in that hour. No, but, but it was good. It was like yeah, a burger, a little bar. Fries. Yeah. The um And you know what? Just for mentioning it, I hear I get fifteen percent off all future purchases. <laughs> That's right. We'll and get your if you enter the code Tom Rules, uh, you, you get to have to pay fifteen percent extra to make up for my fifteen. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, sort of that's how it goes, way. listeners. Don't enter the code. Uh, but uh, shout out to there's a, a indie movie theater called the Playhouse Theater, which is an old cinema from back like in the twenties that just reopened recently in Hamilton. Yeah. In Hamilton, I went to see uh, Parasite last night. Finally, how good? So great. Oh, that's you're good. on board. It's the totally best movie board. I've watched for Q. Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, every critic is going the number one movie of the year. They had to start running it at the Varsity Theater here in Toronto like every hour. They took like half the other movies out of the theater because it was so popular. Yeah. Have you seen it yet, Mike? Oh, absolutely. Eric, have you seen it? Uh, you'd I like it. You'd like. No. You should take your once your boyfriend settles his gambling debts. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Uh, you should take that extra oh, yeah. bit of money. You he know? saw it. He liked it. Yeah. He liked it a lot. I yeah. bet mm-hmm. he'll like it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you Erica. Yeah. Appreciate it. That's good. Um, let's get on to topics, though. Let's do some topics. Mike, thanks for the questions. I never get to. I know. I. It's you probably know this, but it's. I don't. I rarely get interviewed. Well, you're, you're, I mean, obviously you're on the other side of it, but you're great at answering the questions. And I think you have a fascinating story. I think our listeners probably think that as well. Well, I appreciate it, you know, but it, it's, it's nice. I know, you know, I was on the way here and I was thinking 
It'll be nice to crystallize my thoughts. It'll be nice to, I've never, you know, sometimes these things can help you figure out what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And I was on the way here and I was going, I wonder what we're going to talk about. And um, thanks for your, thanks for your well thought out questions. Ah, well, Max does a lot of the, you know, we, we do them together little, as a group. Little prep work. Yeah. Say it again, Mike. Thanks for your well thought out <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. I'm only kidding, buddy. Oh, of course. Hey, what are the topics we're going to talk about today? I but, skimmed oh, them over on the text. Okay, good. I did. I was thinking, did I text it to him? And okay, I'm glad I did. Yeah. It's nice to be here, though. I was saying to Max that we're becoming those people you hear about on podcast because Max you know Max is someone I've often saw as a, as a friend and a potential better friend it's true if we could spend a little bit more time together. I know you know we're always talking about it we're always seeing one another when's the beer gonna happen oh, yeah. and we did it last year we did one we did one we had sneaky a vodka D's. soda at Sneaky yeah. D's and we were going to go to Jeff Tweedy. Mm. And, and I fucked that up. Yeah, you had to go fuck it up. Yeah. And then Max would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, and I'm just kidding. He doesn't text me. But he'll be like, what are you, what are you doing? You want to go out? And I'll be like, I can't go out. So this mm. is, we're becoming those friends that will meet up on each other's podcast. I hope that but this is the first step to like us all go, getting together for a drink. Yeah, and I want to see uh, Drunk Tom come out once in, a little bit more often, more often which we don't get to do. Uh, yeah, in this I setting, mean, God, this, uh, I like to party. Yeah. You know? Well, I know. I mean, you're a responsible working adult, and you have a morning show, so you have to be pretty sharp, and you have to do a ton of research. But we'll find you. Find you. On I, good day. I'm good on the. I can go out on the weekends. Okay. I can do. I can do a weekend. Can, can Shane come? Oh yeah. Well, I'm impressed that you did Shane research. I think he was a little shook that you knew about his Conan uh, <laughs> love. Are we bringing him back for topics? Erica, I mean, can you go see if he's coming back for the topics? Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, before he comes, oh, okay. oh, Max is going to go do it. Cool. Um, Erica, how are you doing? I'm great. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been working here? Um, since, since the spring. And is this all you do? No. What else do you do? This, this is my passion project. Oh, that's nice. Um, I also work at MLSE with Mike's sweet brother, Greg. Your brother works for the Toronto FC group? He does. Yes. He produces the, uh, that show All for One about the TFC, like the, that, that documentary you see. He, mm-hmm. he shoots all that and puts it all together and... Yeah. All right, we have 12 minutes. So let's get to it. What happens in 12 minutes? Uh, there's a big sperm <laughs> test that's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. This has been poorly planned. I'm sorry. I heard about it. I yeah. hope you're doing all right there. Uh, this is the <laughs> <laughs> Shane, Shane, I'm not in trouble or anything. Uh, I already have a kid. Shane, do you want to talk about the dynamics of your doctors and stuff God. now, or is that, or should we save that for off? I got a bit of time. I mean, if you got to go do something. No, no, I've already done it. Uh, I'm what? Uh, jerked it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I really um, thought I was getting something a bit more medical yeah. than that. I'm trying yeah. to make you more comfortable, man. <laughs> yeah, nothing makes me feel more comfortable than that answer. Just, Don't just worry. Had, I just jerked it. Yeah, just had a fucking tug. A little fucking loud. Sorry, guys. Like, right there. Uh, Sorry. So are we going to do some topics, and then we'll maybe get to the, well, the doctors? Sure, yeah, topics, yeah. All right, so the first thing is Celine Dion is in uh, is in town <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> Thanks, I'm just well, just because I time. wanted Tom to talk about this, so this is Tom relevant. Of course, that's yeah. why I'm bringing him up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, Celine uh, played last night in Toronto. She's doing a second night tonight. Uh, and it seems, if social media is correct, that this is the greatest show that anyone has ever seen. Tom, you were at the show last night. Yeah, I was. I went to see Celine Dion. Did you feel like it was an exceptional show? Yeah, I really thought it was incredible. I thought that I was watching someone who is the best at something do the thing they're the best at. Well, the, uh, the Nut, who's our friend, who's going to be on the, sh- Excuse the me? show. Well, it's ironically, actually, his ironically, nut, and he also has participated in this. No, that's Shane's not the Nut, but the Nut was part of the uh, project with him. Yeah, he just texted Ash and I. He said, I mean, I mean this in the most... Uh, in the most complimentary possible way, but Max and Celine Dion are the same type of performer, like Celine, Springsteen, and Max. Okay, so our friend the Nut has put Celine Dion, Bruce Springsteen, and Max Kerman in the same category. (laughs) Some people call him hyperbolic, but uh, you know, I'll take the compliment. Tom, how do you feel about that? (laughs) Well, I've often said that you, Bruce Springsteen, and Celine Dion are exactly the same. So yeah, you and the Nut. I'm glad me and the Nut are finally (laughs) still aligned. As we've been, we've been distant for so long. (laughs) I think that you, uh, not to you know, no, 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 it's not about me. Keep talking. But I do think that you you value performance, and I thought she valued performance as well. Um, You know, she 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 treated the audience with a tremendous amount of respect. I really loved the show. It was not more than it needed to be. It was someone again from a small town in Quebec. Uh, who you know grew up kind of poor, who realized early that she had a gift, and I watched that gift. That's what I felt like. If, what made her so endearing to the crowd? She's pretty funny. Did that come across in the banter? Yeah, she's weird. And have you ever, have you ever met her? She's weird and no. funny. Hey, she's weird. 
and she there was no scripting of the banter. You know, you go to see shows, mm. and you, you know you realize that this is oh they've said that. I mean, I don't know if this is something you do, but you go oh they've said that before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This might be their thing. If that was the case, then it's pretty wild. She's improvis- amazing. At it, pretty right? yeah, wild yeah, yeah. improvisational comedy she was doing because it was like she was just walking out and she was talking about the raptors and then she was like making weird jokes and she was making jokes about water and then she just kind of pause and sing the biggest song of all time <laughs> in perfect voice and it was just nice to watch her because my, my missus is a, is a singer and she's she trained as an opera singer and she pointed to me at one point and she said like what celine dion is doing there is exactly how one should sing it's the perfect example of mm. what you're supposed to do when you hit a high note how you're supposed to breathe it's a, it's a clinic it was so great it was so positive it was so happy Everyone just felt like they were having a moment together. There was no cynicism. There was no negativity. I, I just What's the it. demo like at the in the crowd? Um, a lot of you know, a lot of. Uh, what do you mean? How so? Like, what, what's the age? Uh, like, guy to girl? A lot of guys. Oh, yeah, really? a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys. Yeah, like, a lot of gay guys. I would say a lot of yeah. gay guys. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of you know older women. Mm-hmm. I'd say you know, uh, Mississauga B, sure. yeah, moms. Yeah. You know. Well, I went to see J Lo, and there was like every nine oh five mom that was getting done up for what's with the other girlfriends. What's the nine oh five? Nine oh five, like anything that's from like I'm being sort of stereotypical here, of course, but uh, like anything from like Ajax, Oshawa, all around the city, Markham, Milton, Mississauga, Oakville, like everything around the nine. So not down, not downtown. Toronto. Yeah, four one six is downtown nine oh five. Yeah, I think that might have been the vibe. But yeah. just, you know, before the video, before, I've never seen this before. Like it was before the concert started. I feel like I've been talking this whole time. No, so no. right. That's why you're on. Okay, cool. So there was a screen, and uh, it said the word courage on it, which is the name of her album, and something you possess a lot of with what you're about to go through, my friend. <laughs> and, and they would take the camera. Talking to Shane. They're talking to Shane. There, sorry about that. Game professional broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, there was, uh, they would put a camera on random people in the audience and just play music. There was a guy who was opening up the show, the DJ who opens up for Celine Dion. His name is DJ Pete. And DJ Pete, fancy, apparently like a Hotmail address, got the name early. You know what I mean? Like when you're like those people who get like Mike at Hotmail.com. Yeah. Like, whoa, he's the fucking third guy ever to have a Hotmail account. This was DJ Pete because he must have just got the name early because he was like, that's it. That's my name now, DJ Pete. So DJ Pete. Uh, opens up the show. Uh, you know, he's wearing like a, a Leafs jersey, and they would put. They go to the, they go to people in the crowd, and they were playing like old disco songs, and people were just dancing. Mm. And we all started like the crowd started cheering for them. The show hadn't even started yet, uh. and everyone was in, and everyone was like, someone would get up, and they'd like they do like a video battle between two random dancers in the crowd, and mm. we'd all start cheering for one over the other. So we were already really hyped. It was great. What it was great. Vibe. It was if you want a night of like I challenge the most cynical hard-nosed Interpol fan you know to go to uh, whether the police organization or the band to go to uh, a Celine Dion show and and not feel incredibly moved mm. man do you know I anything would... about Celine Dion Erica yeah we always love, like to I pull like the 23 year olds in, in the room just to see yeah some of the folks who work on Q are around your age and yeah. it is uh it can be frustrating for me sometimes oh my god why because I'll be like you know like Eiffel 65 <laughs> I know them I'm blue Oh. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. So what do you know about Celine Dion? Um, I don't know a lot about mm-hmm. her, but I like the bangers. It's all coming back to me now. That's a great she song. She opened with that. So good. Oh, really? And also, That's the Way It Is. Is that what it's called? She's second song. I love that song. And, and when you listen to that, Max you're just reading the set list right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, oh, uh, an intermission. That's a great one. Love that, <laughs> <laughs> love that song. <laughs> the, the Power of Love. Uh, was on my like second generation iPod forever. Like I had, I had three Celine Dion songs just in my shuffle. Oh, man. Just because I think her voice is actually phenomenal. When they started advertising this 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 concert on, like I watched a lot of Raptors on NBA or a lot of NBA TV Canada. For some reason, they were running the ad a lot, like two nights at the Scotiabank Arena, and I was like, this is interesting. And I turned to my wife and I was like, this would actually be a really cool show to see. For whatever reason, didn't work out. But and after last night, I'm like, how in the hell do I get my ass in tonight's show? But mm. I don't know, guys. Last minute, wanted you, know, you some, might be able to. I was listening to the radio this morning. Some scalpies. Said, yeah, I think you might be able to go down. What time's the show start last night? Ten after eight. DJ Pete, seven forty. I might nice. miss DJ Pete, but mm-hmm. maybe I can make it for Celine tonight. Yeah. Anybody want to do it with me? I'm. Uh, I'm going to see Frank Turner tonight. 
Oh, he's in town. You ever yeah. seen him before? You know, you should really go check out. <laughs> you should really think about. Uh, no, that would be a great, unique experience for you. Um, I think that. No, definitely worth it. Uh, <laughs> what's that? What's that? That show must be good, hey? It's actually this hardcore band, Mangle Horde, that's doing the show. Oh yeah, right on. I, I'm a big Horde fan. He covers a John K. Samson song. He does, yeah. I didn't know. I, I was li- li- trying to learn the words to that song the other day, and I mm-hmm. found a version of Frank doing yeah. it. Uh, uh, Heart of the Continent. Yeah, he does a good job on it. Shane, well, do you anything about Celine Dion? Recommend it, Mike. If no. you can get someone to go with you and even go by yourself, but it's great. I would. Yeah, I'd go yeah. with you, but I went last night. You want to go again? No, I got to go to dinner. Oh. I'm going to Taroni. Mm. Taroni. fanciest restaurant a Newfoundlander has ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever heard of. It is what we exactly what we think a fancy restaurant. One of the yeah. best yeah. gifts Ash that manager Ash ever got from me are the hot peppers. You can buy the hot peppers from Taroni and take them home. I recommend you doing that, and you can put them on everything when you get home. It's very good. I, never, I don't think I've ever had the hot peppers at Taroni. Yeah, I highly recommend Oh, good. good. Yeah. Deal. Max was asking if Shane's a fan of Celine. I like her. I think she's very uh, funny in a cute way. Mm. And she's got a good voice. Do you think that's my hot take? Hot take. <laughs> Whoa, Whoa, Shane. When Shane comes in, Back watch out. Back off a little bit there, buddy. <laughs> my God. Uh, let's go. To, we have five more minutes or three more minutes. Well, our second topic, uh, an NBA player wanted to lose weight. <laughs> he drank beer. That's the headline, in the, the headline in the Wall Street Journal. Detroit Pistons center Andre Drummond embraced uh, an unusual summer diet, one beer a day. What I didn't understand about the article, was it was that all he was having? Well, I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, they got to clarify why the diet works, really. Did you just uh, read the article? Did you just read the headline or the article? Right? No, Shane, Sorry. I've been busy today. I haven't read uh, the whole thing. Trying to thing. scalp up a couple of Celine Dion tickets. <laughs> I'm already on fucking StubHub here trying to find Celine tickets. Uh, no, unlike uh, Tom who researched you, I did not actually read the full article. I just thought the headline was funny. Max, did you read it? I did read it. Uh, my recall's not great. But uh, yeah, basically... Uh, this sounds like a guy lying in a book yeah, report. That did not work for me with, <laughs> with Animal Farm. I don't know if you think it's going to work for me now. Well, I don't recall it very well. I got the old brain, the old noggin's not working. Something about a pig and Trotsky. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's pretty good, though. Um, I hold my recalls not that good. <laughs> Four hours ago. Um... What was it again? He basically okay. he'd have it. He wouldn't eat breakfast. That's in the thing. Okay. And then he'd be very hungry, ravenous after his morning workout. And then his NBA teammates were asking him if this uh, diet worked, and he says he doesn't recommend it to everybody, but it seems to work for him. It was a way to get cows back in your system very quickly, right after you're done working. But you don't know the details of the diet. He skips breakfast. Yeah, we know he's that. Not eating red meat anymore either. He's eating uh, like. Fish. But is it just beer? No, no, no. He but it's like mostly fish. Okay. And uh, he's cut out red meat, and he has one beer a day. Right. Yeah, yeah. Steve Nash used to do a beer after every game. Yeah, yeah. He had like a Molson back there. Also, it's easy to drink a beer a day or even maybe more if you're like seven foot one and 270 yeah, pounds. Yeah, and you're also exercising three hours plus like in an invigorous Doesn't way. Doesn't Steph Curry eat a lot of popcorn? I yeah. think so, yeah. He does love it. Yeah, but it's not like a low-cal snack. It it's is. not like kind of the best snack you can have. Yeah. Unless you load it up with movie theater butter. Well, he gets mm-hmm. it from the arena, and he has a ranking in his locker. Like he has a ranking on his phone or something like that of all the best popcorn per arena. Ah. And I think yeah, Toronto does. does pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're 10. That's it, like five, NBA Reddit. We'll take that. That's such a tr- like a Canadian thing to be like, hey, we're number 10 with Steph Curry's ranking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that, guys? Going to be on the Toonie. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mods popcorn on the third floor of the uh, Raptors game. I've only been to two Raptors games. I did enjoy them. What? I did, yeah, I enjoyed them. Like You've only been to two, though. Yeah, I've been to two. I gotta kick How long have you been in the city now? Four years? Eight. Eight. Mm. Two Raptors games. Yeah. Do you want to go to a Raptors game together? Yeah, I'd love to go to a Raptors game. I'm a big fan. I feel like it'd be a fun experience if we went to a Raptors game. The, he takes, it's yeah. a real point of pride for Mike to take newbies, not that you're a total newbie, but to Raptors games and like walk them through it. He'll, he won't shut up the whole time, but you'll you'll learn a lot. need that. I, I went with our friend you know, Jason Burns. Yeah, of course. went with our friend Jason. He took me to a playoff game at mm. a great time. Nice. We've hooped with Jason Burns. Yeah. He's the big. He's like a center. You'd know him if you saw him, Shane. He used to yeah. drive us back to Hamilton from the Toronto uh, games. Is that your Uber? <laughs> Shane is looking at his phone. Okay, currently. they're in now. Okay, sorry. No worries. Cool. We played with the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not really here, by the way, right now, Tom. I'm sorry. Um, After I did all that research. Yeah. So he called you a, a newbie, or Max did. How do you feel about being called a newfie? Is that very offensive? Yeah, I'm not crazy about it, yeah, but it's no. not very offensive. No, it's not. Okay. No, because I I uh, I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when people call me that. I have a bunch of feelings and emotions about 
the way it makes me feel and what I think people might really be saying when they say it. Because mm. the the connotation is you're a dummy. Yeah, right? the connotation I always say is that if you if I, if I told you that the president of the University of Toronto is a Newfoundlander, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. And if I told you that the president of the University of Toronto is a Newfie, your brain would just do something a little bit different, mm-hmm. just a little bit different. Yeah. Your brain would just do oh, a little tiny, a little bit of gymnastics, a little differently. But there are people who work really, really incredibly hard on oil rigs in Alberta and in like tough, hard scrabble jobs. People who are from Newfoundland and have lived incredibly mm-hmm. proud lives and are very, very proud to be called newbies. I don't want to eliminate their experience at all. I don't want to be offended on their behalf. Personally, not crazy about it. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's how it goes. Good answer. Thanks, bud. Yeah. yeah. I see Obama do that. <laughs> <laughs> and if Mask could do the voice, that would actually be doubly yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know you're thinking about doing the voice. No, no, I, I won't do. It. Yeah, was was my now now I'm uh, self conscious. Did my uh, imitation of of Alan Doyle offend you? No, you're you're well loved. Mm-hmm. You came from a good place. Yeah, and I really do admire the the way Newfoundlanders communicate and the the style of storytelling. Everyone seems to be like like your grasp of the language is just different than Ontarians. You know what I mean? It's just like a different way of thinking and your expressions are different and you're a very social people. You know what I mean? Like I, I know I'm sort of generalizing here, but, and so I say that with affection. And I remember the first time I ever went to Newfoundland, I was just like turning a corner. I was leaving George street going back to the hotel. It was like two in the morning. And I just remember uh, like a pack of dudes kind of walking by me and going, Hey fella, watch out for them blue shirts. I was like, what? And then someone had to explain, it's like, watch out for them blue shirts, which is watch out for the cops around the corner. Just give me a heads up. And I was like, that is such a hilarious thing to give me a heads up on. They didn't need yeah. to do that. I remember hearing about that you had two sacks with dollar signs on them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing it. It's a legendary story. Post heist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was walking. It was two in the afternoon. Um, two sacks with dollar signs on them. He's wearing a red, red uh, white and black striped shirt. Uh, you know, yeah, and, and then a Zorro mask. Yeah. And it was, it was, he was the repo man. Yeah. <laughs> in wrestling. Well, Tom, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Well, no, it's a, it's a joy to be here. I've never, I've never, like I said, I don't get to do this very often. Uh, I, I watched your guys' television show when it came out because, you know, Max is a, Max oh, is a bud. And, wow. and he, he posted about it a couple of times. <laughs> and I, uh, I, uh, I said, all right, well, I better fucking watch it. So, uh, and it was, so it's nice to be here. Nice to see you guys in real life and nice to see where you guys do it. It's nice to be somewhere other than my own office. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate it. When I see you on the street, I hope we, uh, we say hi, give each other high well, fives. Well, yeah, because you look like you're going somewhere. And I have often thought about going, even at, the, at your show, and I had a couple of Pepsis that night. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> and I, uh, I, I, had a couple of, I had a couple of Coke Zeros. <laughs> and, uh, and I, saw, I saw you guys, and I said, I must go over and say hello, you know, but I couldn't. Do it by. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you find this. Why do we do that though? I, I do the same thing. I, I'll be try, I won't do that, but we should do that more. Very, very people. painfully shy in a way that you, you wouldn't necessarily predict. Right. I am. Yeah. Well, pl- like, come up. Say hi. I'm going to come up to you next time now. Now I'm going to be uh, proactive because I'm going to go to a Raptors. All right, enough. We're, we got to go. Welcome to our segment here on Mike on Much. You've heard it before. It is called Taste Buds, where we discuss a single subject debating good taste or poor taste. Because good things come in threes, Jameson, Ginger, and Lime, and podcast hosts, Max, myself, and Shane. All three of us will weigh in with three unique opinions that suit our tastes. Guys, today we are talking about New Year's Eve, and specifically, New Year's Eve plans. Good taste, poor taste, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I got to say, I kind of hate New Year's Eve. And I've had a lot of amazing experiences on New Year's Eve. Like mm-hmm. um, our guitarist, Mike D., got uh, married on New Year's Eve. Shane and I were at that wedding. Yeah. Uh, Great our, wedding. Our friend Meg's getting married this New Year's Eve. Shouts to Meg. Yeah. Uh, I, our Kells have played some very memorable gigs. But I just find the conversations around what to do on New Year's Eve plans to be completely exhausting. And the... And the holiday itself is so overrated and there's so much pressure put on it, which seems ridiculous to me because I think I have like two to three nights a week I can go out and have an amazing time with my friends and, you know, just like really enjoy each other's company. Uh, and the idea that like so much weight is put in New Year's Eve just annoys me because people get so uptight about it and I just wish it didn't exist. Do you know what I say? What do you say, Shane? Under 25 feel alive over 30 not worth the worry <laughs> but if it's in between 25 and 30 then it's kind of like up to you but if you're if you're in a relationship or something just chill out 
and enjoy that time at home. Otherwise, it's just such a hassle. So mm-hmm. it is age dependent mm-hmm. is the way I look at it. Like I had a lot of fun 25 and under. I, I'm, I enjoy uh, being out there on the streets fighting for that cab. It's kind of fun. You're talking to people. You're having a laugh. But otherwise, when you get to a certain age, it's just annoying. Mm. You know? Yeah, I, f- I find New Year's Eve tends to be a lot like St. Patrick's Day, where it's, it's like amateur hour. It's like people <laughs> that don't normally party go to an 11. And so you're surrounded by like sort of like a, this mass influx of people giving it everything they have for one night. So it is difficult to be out uh, on New Year's Eve, I find. But again, this might be DeShane's point. Maybe, that's, maybe it's a younger person's game. I don't know. Uh, so as I've gotten older, though, I'm, I actually like when there is like a wedding on New Year's Eve or someone's having a house party. It's close friends. Mm-hmm. Then it feels more like what Max is saying, that sort of uh, that, that three nights a week where you hang out with good friends, where it's like, oh, our friend Julian's throwing a party on New Year's Eve? Awesome. We have plans and we don't have to fight with cabs or be at a club or be doing that thing. Yeah, when you feel like you've won New Year's Eve and you're not battling cabs or in some situation that annoys you, that's a great, great feeling. Shake the pressure. Yeah, I think because, you know, I'll say this. By the time we get to New Year's Eve, I usually have a good time. There's not too many New Year's Eve where I'm like, this was a fucking nightmare. I always end up having a good time. But if the if the segment is asking plans on new year's eve and that and that uh, goes into like the three weeks that we, everyone's talking about new year's eve i fucking hate it wow you're in no plans on new year's eve yeah man. bad taste poor taste yeah shaney like i can't go in the middle eh? i have to go good taste or poor taste because i kind of stated it's age dependent but hey let's face it i ain't getting any younger poor taste <laughs> <laughs> plans on new year's eve good taste or poor taste Depending on what you're doing, mm-hmm. I like to know what I'm doing. Yep. Don't put pressure on yourself. Uh, you know, you don't have to do anything insane. But classic Mike splitting it down the middle. I want to know what I'm doing. Plans on New Year's Eve? Good taste. Good taste. Whoa. It's been taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> Did I blow some minds? Enjoy a Jameson ginger and lime, and thank you for listening. <laughs>